Welcome back, y'all, to another episode of Defiant Legacy. I'm your host, D.S. Elijah McBee. And before we tap in to this edition of Defiant Legacy, I want to shout out our sponsor, all right, the Defiant Legacy online store. You can find the link in the description of this episode, all right? We got tees, hoodies, long sleeves, mugs, and even masks, all right? So again, the link can be found in the description of this episode, all right? But with that being said, let's, let, let's tap in. Let's get right into this episode, all right? We have... Millie on the show, and it's dope to, to have you on the show because I know a lot of people have been wondering, you know, with the social media hiatus and everything like that, okay, but you're here on the show, so we appreciate you, and if you could, just introduce yourself um, and tell us what it is that you do. Awesome, so thank you once again for having me. Um, this is definitely something that I pretty much enjoy doing. I love talking to people. Um, and share my story. Um, my name is Melissa. You can call me Millie. Um, I'm also known as I am Real Estate on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I am basically an entrepreneur, um, real estate investor, uh, and that's pretty much my story so far. Hmm. So off rip, um, how'd you get into uh, real estate investing? Yeah, so um, it all started off like basically when I graduated college. So I graduated in 2016. Um, and a friend of mine was actually hosting a class for um, wholesaling real estate, wholesale real estate, right? So I'm like, okay, you know what? Let me go to his class just to support. I really didn't care about anything else. I just wanted to support um, and just mingle with some friends that were also going to the class. But then I went to the class and really started actually learning, like, you know what? This seems like a lucrative business and not just a lucrative business um, not just a lucrative business like out of college, but just a lucrative business if you don't have any money, any college, no credit, anything. So I said, you know what, let me do a little bit more research once the class was over. It was really informative. Um, so I did the class. Um, I started doing research online, but it kind of just like blew, like left my mind because I got into working. I became a case manager. Um, it just left my mind. But I still had it in my subconscious, if that made sense. So mm. I still knew I wanted to do something in real estate. Even before the class, I knew I wanted to own real estate. I wanted to own duplexes and things like that. But I just never took that first step. Um, so once I, once I kept researching over and over, like, you know what? I need to eventually take that first step, whatever it is. I took the first step, which was driving for dollars, which is something we'll talk about later. But just looking for properties and you know, contacting the, the owner, if, you know, if they wanted to sell their property. So that's kind of how I started. I just started driving around in North Philadelphia, looking for properties, like what properties look a mess, who, who's behind on their taxes and who can I contact to, you know, um, get my first property on the contract. Hmm. So that was, um, that was like around in 2018. Yeah. And so this was two years after you graduated, right? Yeah. Cause I graduated t 2016. Yeah. Um, so it literally was not in my mind for those two years. I was just work. I just focused on working. Mm. Um, but it still was in my subconscious, if that makes sense. Mm. So this wasn't obviously it sounded like this wasn't something that you learned in school. Right. Yeah, not not at all. Not mm. no nothing in regards to real estate in school. Didn't mm. even take any business classes. I graduated with a psychology degree. OK. Um, yeah. With a bio minor with the hopes mm. of becoming a physical therapist. 
uh, when I realized that you had to take extensive schooling to do that, like you had to get your doctorate, and you only make about seventy to eighty thousand a year, it just didn't make sense for me. Mm. So yeah. And so now, you know, it's it's funny, you know, how, how some people feel like you know pro college or against college, but do you feel that what you learned from that event or conference or meeting that you went to about wholesaling and over your overall journey in real estate? Do you feel like you've learned more through experience with real estate or in the classroom with college? Definitely through experience, um, like life experience. You know, a lot of people, you know, we do talk about college um, to this day. And in my personal opinion, if you're not necessarily going for a professional degree, like I said, I wanted to be a physical therapist, which is almost like a doctor or if you wanted to be a lawyer or, because, you know, we still need those. Right, 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 right. <laughs> right? I vouch for people to do those things if that's what they're passionate for. Um, but the other things, like in reality, I could have went, if I truly knew um, about real estate early on, I could have just went and got my real estate license, became an agent, made some money, and then invested. You know, mm-hmm. um, you can be 18 and get your real estate license and make some money and then invest that same money. Um, so I think life experience is truly important. Um, I'm a really big advocate for that, um, other than school, if you're not getting a professional license. Yeah. Now, if you're not going to school, my opinion is do a trade. Like I'm, uh, when I used to tweet more, I would talk about trade or start some type of business, like a pressure wash business or become a painter or something where you're literally making money and you don't have to, there's no degree. You know, um, well, with the trade, you know, you got to get right. education, but it's minimal schooling. So you'll, you'll be making money and then you'll use that money to invest and make more money, you know, if mm. that makes sense. So that's kind of yeah. my take on it. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's all a process too. And I completely agree with that. Um, but I think one thing I heard you say, and I feel like a lot of wholesalers might say is pitching the idea of no cash, no credit. So how true do you think that is when it comes to wholesaling? Right. So with the wholesaling method, um, with the no cash, no credit, you can, you know, um, flip home, flip homes technically when you're really flipping paper. Um, in reality, you will, it will require money, some form of money. So whether you're using your gas to go drive for dollars, whether you're, I mean, you have to pay for a phone bill to make these phone calls. There's some type of money required. But let's just think about it like this. Like if you do have a car um, and you already live in a neighborhood that you can find property, then you're already doing it. Like if you're on your way to the supermarket, you're already driving for dollars because you're yeah. passing by property. Um, so that's already in your purview. But in reality, I do think it is po- truly possible to not to do it with like no money. I do think it's possible with the resources we have today, of course, the internet with Facebook groups and things like that. So I do think it is kind of true that you can um, do wholesaling with like literally almost no money. Yeah. And and during those times of driving for dollars, like obviously, you know, most people have driven a car, but did you notice a difference between like before you were driving a car regularly and, and now that you knew about wholesaling, like do you start looking at properties differently? Yeah. Yeah. So like once you're in that mindset of like, I want to be an investor or I'm even looking for a property, you're always on the hunt. 
Um, so even if you, you know, you're a first time wholesaler and you, you know that you're looking for properties that need to be in distress, you're going to be driving. You're going to be, oh my gosh, that's a property right there. Let me slow down. Let me park. You know, you're going to be on the hunt looking for, for deals. And that's kind of how I was when I first started. I was just always on the hunt looking for deals. Whether I knew the deal was going to work out or not, I was just always looking for properties. Mm. Always having that mindset, which is, I feel like a good thing. Um, but did you have like any hurdles or obstacles that you feel like you had to overcome early on? Yeah. So like first I had to overcome just overall getting out of my own way. So like thinking for one, thinking I could do everything, you know, you're, you're going to need help with something, whether you're going to reach out to a friend, like my friend that taught me about the wholesaling from the beginning, I would reach out to him and say, Hey, what is this? Or what is that? Or this title company is requiring this. So you're going to have to lean on someone for help. That's no doubt about it. So one thinking I can do everything on my own. Um, the other thing was just um, overcoming confidence. Um, you know, a lot of people, especially if you're, I don't want to say black, but yes, if you're black or you come from a certain background, um, a lot of a lot of us have imposter syndrome. And, you know, we think we can't do certain things that we really can do. Um, you just got to have that confidence and that courage to actually do it. So me overcoming the confidence, like, oh, my gosh, I'm a woman. Oh, my gosh, I'm black. Oh, my gosh, you know, what is this person going to say about me? Or what is this contractor going to say about me um, or the seller, whoever? I had to overcome those things. So um, just eliminating those limiting beliefs on myself um, is what helped me early on. And that was, that was kind of one of the hurdles, just that confidence and um, relying only on trying to do everything myself. Yeah. So I mean, like wholesaling, I, 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 I hear um, it can be very, very tough, right? I know obviously people like to talk about um, the money that you can make, of course. Um, you see it on social media everywhere, but um, what helped you um, kind of guide you through that confidence that you said that you had to have? Um, because I'm sure in the beginning, it may not have been as easy of a process um, as later on. So what would you say helped you uh, with the confidence? Yeah, so first and foremost is just one, doing it. Like, you know, doing it over and over. Like, one of the things that people are so super scared about, you know, are talking to the homeowners, talking to the sellers. I mean, it is scary because people are going to curse you out or people are going to tell you that um, they don't want to sell their house anymore, things like that. But you have to just do it, like, repetition. You have to do it over and over. And eventually it will become second nature to you if you keep doing it. Um, so that's, that's first, you know, you have to just keep doing it over and over and detach yourself from the emotion of it, you know, realize that you want to be in business. So you have to act like you're in business, if that makes sense. Um, so you have to have a certain level of maturity when you're, when you're, when you're in this business, in real estate or any business, you have to have a certain level of maturity. You have to basically grow up. So that's, you know, that's first. Um, the other thing is just realizing that I'm not the only one doing this too, right? So like if I go on Facebook, I see other people struggling about a deal falling apart or struggling struggling about a homeowner cursing them out. You know, there's support. We live in a world right now where we can just go online and we can see other people doing the same thing we're doing. So just knowing like, hey, I'm not alone. Like I'm frustrated too. Um, so I think that's really important. Just knowing that you're not the only person uh, in this mm. business that's, mm. you know, frustrated. Right. So those those are the things that help me out. Talking to other people, you know. Mm. And I, I feel like too, like you gotta have like what thick skin, 
and wholesaling? You know, did you receive a lot of no's early on? Yeah, I mean, I still do. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, I was pretty pissed off the other day. I was, and you know, not pissed off emotionally, but pissed off that I didn't get a deal. Um, and it was a multifamily deal. It would have been a triplex, and and they went with another offer. And you know, those things are like, they're annoying. You know, I'm, I have emotion behind it, but you just you got to have thick skin. You got to just move on. You got to say, you know what? There's more deals. You have to have that abundance mindset. You have to think over and over. You know what? There are a surplus of houses. You know, we're in a housing shortage. The, the real estate market is on fire. So you have to keep going. You have to keep pushing to say, oh, my gosh, even though this person said no, there's still a yes out there. Mm. So, yeah, I still overcome, like, go through lots of no's. Um, mm. Early on, there was a lot for sure. Yeah. And could you talk to me, too, about how you feel um, the relationship between emotions and money? Um, you know, you for one, you can't – I don't want to say you can't be emotionally attached. There is emotion behind business. I heard someone say this. Like, it's, someone said business is business, but then they said, oh, business is personal, too. And that's really true. Um, business is also personal, too, because this is your livelihood – this is how you pay your bills. This is, you know, this is money. Um, so you you do have to have some level of emotion behind it, but you can't let it uh, control you, if that makes sense. So I think for me, uh, like when it comes to money and I think about managing money and my emotions towards money, um, I am, this is, you know, it's kind of weird, but I don't chase money. I just feel as though it's attractive to me and I just do the things that will bring money if that makes sense so mm. I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and and cry every single day you know oh my gosh I don't have any money I don't bring forth that emotion or that energy the energy that I put into me attracting money is doing the things that will attract money if that makes right. sense you know so um you know the emotion behind it it's, it's literally being positive having a positive outlook um, knowing that, like I said, there's an abundance of opportunities, whether it's in real estate business, doing a podcast, whatever it is. Because, you know, some people get discouraged. They see, they want to do things and they see other people doing it. And I was like, oh my gosh. But, you know, have you ever gone to the grocery store? You see nothing but bread in the bread aisle. Yeah. <laughs> there's like 20, 30, 40, 50 different breads. But guess what? They're probably all making money because they're mm. still on the aisle. <laughs> mm. So in reality, I don't. You know, I don't get too boggled down on uh, being emotional about it, um, but I still, I still do get personal because you know there are times where we do have to get personal when it comes to when it comes to business. Mm. That's that's a good point. You know, when you walk down a bread aisle, you notice there's you know a lot of companies that sell bread, or like there's a lot of companies that sell cereal or, or whatever. Um, so maybe you've heard this, but like maybe you know in certain businesses you might hear or think that something is too oversaturated. Right. Everyone is doing this now. So what's your take on that when it comes to wholesaling? And I guess your approach to that in life in general, like if something is too oversaturated, at least with social media saying that, how would you deal with something of that type of uh, statement? Yeah. So, um, I mean, the crazy thing is, right, with oversaturation, especially with the whole all stuff about the wholesaling, um, people will say, oh, it's oversaturated. Right. But in reality, there's in a, you know, they say, oh my gosh, everybody and their mom is doing wholesaling. But in reality, there's a lot of people not really doing it. There's a lot of people. 
talking about doing it. Mm. There's a lot of people not actually doing it. <laughs> so when and and that's with anything too, because some you know you might hear people saying, "Oh, um, I have a podcast, or I started a podcast," but they're not doing what you're doing. They're not going consistently, putting mm. people out there, reaching out to people. They're just like, "Oh, I'm getting a podcast, or I'm starting a podcast." And they're not putting out quality content. So um, when it comes to oversaturation, I do think, yes, there are times where things are oversaturated. Like there's an abundance of, you know, real estate agents out in California. You know, of course it's oversaturated there. Yeah. But are there real estate agents making money out there? Yes. So in reality, it's all about you. It's not, it's not about what everybody else is doing. You know, you can look at what everybody else is doing and pick and choose and say, you know what, I like what that person is doing. It looks like it's working. Let me tailor it to my own self. You can do that, right? But it's all about you having your own your own flair, flair of things, right? So, for example, if if I want to, you know, I want to, I'm new and I want to be a wholesaler. Okay, what are the things that these other wholesalers are doing, and what are the things that they are doing? So, for example, if Everybody is cold calling. Everybody is sending text messages. But what are they not doing? They're not door knocking. They're not mm. knocking on doors and saying, how you doing? Even though it's COVID, but they're not doing those type of things. They're not going to events. You know, I don't see wholesalers having tables at events like sell your home fast. I mean, I haven't. Maybe they are. But what I'm saying is if, you, if a person feels like it's oversaturated, you have to think outside the box. Even down to if you are cold calling – Switch up your script. You know, if you're calling people and you're using the same script that everybody else is using, you're going to, you know, you're going to be just like one of them. So um, using up your script, changing up your script and your text messages, things like that, just going against the grain. Mm-hmm. Because, excuse me. Unfortunately, it is true that things get oversaturated because everybody's teaching stuff. Everybody's right. teaching wholesaling. It's like flipping or how to start your podcast, whatever it is, people are teaching these things. So, Yes, there's a pe- there are people that are learning, but they're not really doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so in reality, if if we had a real study, there's not much people doing it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like in in my opinion, so I think just standing out, being true to yourself, um, because there's going to be something that, for example, like your audience, right? There's going to be something that your audience likes about this podcast that they don't see in another podcast or. If I'm wholesaling, there's a, a homeowner talking to me and they're like, oh, my gosh, this investor or wholesaler told me this and you're you're helping me out in a different way. You know, so I think it's all about being different um, and just staying true to yourself and being unique. That's mm. my yeah. So, I mean, finishing off that you're talking about staying true to yourself and as well as there are as many people as probably most people think when it comes to actually taking action. But at, was there a moment? Because I'm sure like when you first went to the event that your friend told you about, um, if I had to guess, you probably studied it a little bit more, whether it had been through, you know, mentorship, YouTube, whatever. But was there a, a moment where you felt like you hit, you just pressed play, if you will, where like you really started to take action? Where it was like, all right, I can read all day, but at some point I got to get in the car and drive. I got to talk to homeowners. Was there ever a, a moment like that for you? Yeah, it was definitely a moment like that. It was a moment when I just saw how low my bank account was. Mm. <laughs> like, I literally just saw, like, oh, my gosh. Like, no, you're not just broke. You're really broke. 
Mm. Um, and this was like an out of college thing. And I mean, I don't, I don't have handouts. I don't have mommy and daddy to, you know, I have supportive parents, but not in the sense where I can get a 10, 15, $20,000 loan to go mm. buy a property and start investing. So that 10 or $15,000, I have to go source it myself. And I can't source it from my job because my job is only paying me 30000 a year or whatever. Because um, that's approximately how much I was making at the time. I was making mm. around twenty six to 30000 So once I saw how broke I was, and I'm not going to say, oh, I was motivated by money, but it is true. Um, you know, I was motivated by the fact that um, I felt overworked um, and underpaid. That was mm. kind of what it was that moment for me. And you got to feel that internally, too. It's not just, like, people, you know, they say, oh, my gosh, I'm so broke. But, like, they don't really feel it, though. You got to mm. feel it in your body, like, oh, my gosh, I'm really broke. So until you have that moment is when you make that switch, like, oh, my gosh. Or, like, you know, a lot of people had moments where they get evicted from their house or, like, a rock bottom moment. Like, you got to have a rock bottom. Um, and I had several of those before I even said yes. I mean, to, to take press play. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. All right. So I feel like in a way, sometimes people have to be irritated. Uh, you have to yeah, be kind of, yeah. you got to be pissed off. You know, I, I mean, a lot of things motivate people. And for whatever reason, people like to ignore the money aspect of it. Like, oh, you know, I'm doing this because it feels good. At the same time, we adults, we got bills. Um, so, we already talked about uh, the moments, um, but was there a deal that you saw from someone else that really sparked, you know, your, your interest or was there, did you see someone else or did you follow anyone on, on Instagram that made you think like, all right, I can do this too. Cause obviously, you know, being broke is motivating enough, but when you might have seen someone that looks like you doing it, was, did you have that? Yeah. I mean, you know, my, well, my friend that taught me um, wholesaling, um, he basically, I mean, I remember he showed me this check and he talked about this check. It was a $70,000 check. And I was like, oh my gosh. And he's like, yeah, this is from, from wholesaling. And he showed me that and not, not just him, but I mean, other people, Max Maxwell, I would see YouTubers, you know, of them saying like, hey, I just, you know, um, wholesaled this property and I got this profit or um, things like that. And those people inspired me. So like it, it, it was definitely inspiring to me a lot. Still today, like I'll see people on Instagram, um, Twitter, and it inspires me because they like, oh my gosh, yeah, I'm trying to get something like that, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, and I, th- and I think a lot of people will, right? You know, you see, you know, catchy titles like so-and-so made X amount of money. But what made you keep going? Um, you know, and, and I ask that because I know you mentioned, you know, obviously seeing your bank account, but I think a lot of people may be in a similar situation like that, right? Whether, you know, they're not able to ask their family member for a five-figure loan or no one has shown them how to make money or whatever. But what really, really, really um, make you keep, made you keep going? Yeah, well, basically what we just talked about, seeing those other people. Hmm. So, like, you know, me seeing that it's possible, me seeing that, there's people and not and it wasn't just men it wasn't just like it was women there are other people you know succeeding um and some of these people didn't go to school some of these people just got out of jail i mean uh, but some of these people 
um, have, I don't want to say less qualifications than me, but, you know, they just, from the streets, I mean, I knew guys from the streets that started doing wholesaling and were making change. And they weren't, they weren't, you know, suit and tie professional guys. So just knowing that there, there are people that come from so many different backgrounds um, that were able to accomplish what I wanted to accomplish showed me like, oh my gosh, I need to keep going because it works, right? Because mm. you, ha- you have to know that it works. So just me knowing that it works um, is, is just was proof for me to keep going. Yeah. Like, I knew I was going to have my time basically. Yeah. You just got to keep going. And, and I ask that again because the way social media is, people I think will see catchy titles and think that it can happen within like a week. But, you know, yeah, putting putting the time in, I think, is extremely, extremely crucial. So um, I got to ask, is it true that you bought a house for $100? Yes. I, yeah, I really did. Yep. Bought a house for $100. That was not including the closing costs. But the contract between me and the homeowner was one hundred dollars. Yes, and that house is pretty much done. I'm gonna post it soon. Oh, lovely, lovely. Okay. So it is true. Um, through the same method, diving for dollars, finding a rundown property, um, calling the homeowner, telling the homeowner, "Hey, I want to buy your property." And at the point, and at that time, she was like, um, "Which property?" The lady didn't even know. She lived out of state. Um, so this is what we call a motivated seller because mm. she had a property she didn't even want. So I said, to, and it owed taxes. It was vacant. It owed taxes. Um, and it was major repair. So I said to her, I said, all right, you have this property. Um, I want to buy it from you, you know, but you owe taxes. It's a lot of work. I don't know. You're not going to profit a lot. She's like, all right, I really don't care. You bas- Basically, you have it. I said, all right, well, yeah, you might profit around $100. Which was true. If I really purchased it um, with the taxes included, the house was only worth about $18,000. So she wasn't going to profit a whole lot anyway. So she didn't want it. So cool. Put it under contract, got the property closed. I spent about $1,500 in closing costs and I just sat on the property. I actually had other things going on with my business partner. Um, that I just wasn't worried about that property because in reality, I also wanted to wholesale it at first. And there just wasn't any, yeah, there wasn't any spread because I showed investors. Investors like, "Ah, I'm only going to give you $20,000 for the house. The house owed eighteen, It owed about $17,000 in taxes. So if you're going to give me $20,000 after close, I'm like, I'm not going to really profit much. What's the point, yeah? Yeah, so I said, let me buy it with the existing debt um, on the property, which is taxes. I bought it for $100. Um, I got on a payment plan with the city to um, to put a, put us on a payment plan for the taxes. And that's from there, um, I just stayed on the property and just paid, you know, some of the taxes off. And now the property is basically done and about to be rented. Um, and, and how long ago was this? I got the property in 2019. Um, then COVID hit. Yeah, I actually was going to finish it in 2020. Um, and then COVID hit and like uh, construction was shut down in Philadelphia for like months. Um, so we weren't doing anything. Um, contractors were like sneaking, trying to do work, but you know, they were really finding people for it. So we stopped and now the property is, is, is done now um, and getting ready for it. So how, how does that feel though, to know that like even, you know, battling through 
um, the whole pandemic to know that the property is almost um, complete and at the final stages. It's so, you know, relieving. And I'm just waiting for it to be, because I was going to sell it, but I'm just going to rent it now. I'm just waiting for the tenant in to, to, to be done because, like, that process, it was drawn out too much. You know, that was, it was, it was drawn out too much. So, um, yeah, I'm just excited for it to be done. And I'm going to definitely showcase pictures when I get back home. Dig. There you go. <laughs> and I noticed too, like I said, you know, I, I try to do my homework as a host, but um, I noticed obviously the, the buying the house for a hundred dollars is an amazing thing. Um, but that's the, the highlight that people will take note of. But I think the first sentence of your caption on Instagram was you bought a house for less than a pair of Yeezys. Um, so, so you didn't see, so I, so I do what I do. So what does it kind of, I guess, mean to you to know, um, that you made the decision to go that route of investing. Um, now obviously, and, and before you answer that, I always say to people, you can always do both. You know, I'm not a person to tell people what to spend your money on. Like there are plenty of people that have a wild amount of money that spend their money on stuff like that. But just the mindset behind, you know, all right, maybe I can, you know, buy a, a house with this money. Yeah, it's true. I mean, the thing is, yes, and it's true. People buy designer and they have money. But let's really be real. When you are in the beginning stages, okay, when you are in the grind, we are all in the grind. We are not Bill Gates. We are not Elon Musk. They can buy private islands and all these things. We are not, no. We are in the early grinding stages. If you're in the early grinding stages, you have to literally empty your pockets to invest, um, whether it's in yourself, whether it's in real estate, whether it's in your business. So I think it's just super important to go broke investing. A lot of people say that on social media and I didn't really believe it until I started doing it myself. And it's just mm. true. Like you have to like, and I catch myself, you know, I'll, you know, look up some boots or look up something and then I'll think, Oh my gosh, you know, if I spent 500 on these boots, but I could put 500 on crypto or I could put 500 on some stupid stuff. And, you know, you see these, you see things, you see people saying, oh my gosh, I made, you know, 20,000 from this crypto or I flipped this. You're like, oh my gosh, why didn't I do that? Well, because maybe you're focusing on the wrong thing. You know, um, people are making so much money by crypto NFTs. You literally can just park your money somewhere and just let, let it, you know, grow in volume. Mm -hmm. So, um, but if you buy the sneakers, if I buy the boots, it's nothing happening. Well, I'm going to get an Instagram picture out of it. Yeah. So it really doesn't even matter. It really doesn't even matter. If you're in your early stages, focus on grinding and investing every cent that you have. Into yeah. Yourself and your business. Yeah. And I always say, too, like a, a part of financial literacy um, is decision making as well. You know, like we talk about money and education, but it's also decision making. So use the example of $500. Now. You know, most people, if you're listening to this podcast, if you've ever come across $500 and you decide to invest it instead of, you know, buying a designer or whatever, no one is saying that, you know, you don't have money or whatever, but it's, uh, it's, it's a decision that you make. You know, am I spending this on a stock or am I spending this on a pair of kicks? Am I spending this on a crib or am I spending this on a car that I don't, you know, I just want to get for to impress my friends. Now, going off that, did you always feel that way, though? Like, did you always have a mindset of, I got to invest? Um, or do you think that kind of came over time? 
No, actually, it didn't come. It didn't come until I really had money. That makes mm. sense. Mm. When I was really, when I was really broke, I wanted those things. I wanted so many, you know, mm. um, bags and all these things. I wanted it. Um, and then I got the money, right? And then I actually, I did buy some stuff, right? When I, when, mm. I, when I, you, you know, you did. Right, you know, it's it's still yours at the end of the day. <laughs> so I don't even want to call them mistakes, but then you buy. Even if you do buy something, you're gonna realize how I don't want to say worthless, but how like it just doesn't even matter. Because like I have a pair. Of, I, I mean, I got three pair of Yeezys that I don't even wear. Hmm. I wear like the same three shoes every week. So um, that's just to show that. We buy these things and we're looking at these things, but in reality, we might not even need them. You know, I'm wearing my comp- I'm wearing one of my company shirts today. I, I'm doing this right. Wearing my <laughs> today. You know, I spent forty dollars on this versus if I would have spent a hundred and something dollars on like a designer shirt. Mm. Um, so, you know, needless to say, um, I did not always have that thinking. It wasn't until I had money that I knew. Oh my gosh, you know what? You really need to do something with it. Also, too, I had the money. I bought things. Not just myself. I bought people things. I did all of that. Mm. Then the money started lowering. <laughs> then I noticed, like, oh, my gosh, it's gone. It's nothing. So you have nothing to show for it. Yeah. You made this dollars $20,000 check or whatever. You have nothing to show for it. So um, when you invest, you have something to show for it. At least you could pull up your whatever account, Robinhood or um, investment portfolio, and say, "Hey, I have something." So yeah, yeah, and you hit around on the nail too. It's like once you spend something, you know, on clothes or whatever, like it's gone. Like it's not like you know you return it, but it's gone. But at least in an investment, even if you make a bad investment, which I obviously don't advise, the money for the most part, at least some of it is going to be there. Like, I have you ever come across someone who? Um, I guess was new to investing or new to wholesaling. Um, what would you say to them? Like someone that's nervous to spend money on marketing or buying their first stock or, or what have or what have you. What would you uh, say to them? I mean, I would tell them that if this is something you truly want to do, you have to go all in. A lot, like not just me, but there are a lot of people that went all in in the beginning. Um, is not just you and look at where they're at, right? So if you see someone that's like uh, a big investor and they talk about how they spent all their money on, you know, something that contributes to their success and you see where they're at, you see that it works. Once again, going back to seeing that it works, um, you know, you really got to put yourself first, right? Don't put the material things first. Don't even put other people's needs first. Put yourself first. Because you won't be able to buy the material things and you won't be able to help the people that you want to help unless you put yourself first. And the only way that you can do that is by literally putting everything you have into what you want to grow. Mm. Mm. So I think that's my advice. Hey, if it, 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 it's going to seem risky, right? But, you know, with no risk, there's no reward. So, for example, um, let's say you're a new wholesaler and you want to, you want to, uh, stop cold calling, right? You're cold calling, you're calling people every single day. Well, you're cold calling, you're locking up deals, you're selling your deals, you're doing everything, but you're being cheap about investing in a cold call if someone's due it. You have to understand what is your time worth, right? What is your time worth? 
if you made, if you already made twenty or thirty thousand in wholesaling, um, and a cold calling only costs a couple hundred dollars a month, imagine what that cold calling can do for you. Mm. Um, so you know, it's just all thinking about where you want to be and what it takes to get there. Yeah, yeah, and it's all um, I feel you know, um, a numbers game, right? Is you know, you kind of, you know, again going back to the decision making. It's like, all right, what are you spending your money on versus what you're not. Um, and and you have a um, yeah, you, you still have your uh, wholesaling ebook. Yes, I do. I have to like manipulate my site a little bit, um, but I'm definitely going to go back and promote it. I'm gonna do a part two of. I have another book on quitting your job because I quit my job. I'm gonna do mm. part two on um, quitting your job and what that looks like and things like that. Yeah. How'd that feel? Quit your job. Yeah, it felt really good. I mean, I was just, I was, I was really done. And the crazy thing is, I didn't, I didn't necessarily quit for the financial reasons. I quit mainly because um, I didn't, I wasn't appreciated, appreciated mm. at where I was. I would have stayed longer because I do advise people if they do have a good paying job, um, where you know they don't have to do too much, they should keep the job, keep the benefits, and you know collect all the money you can early on. Um, but, uh, yeah, just, I got underappreciated and once I got underappreciated, then I started to feel underpaid. Mm. <laughs> so I started to feel a little underpaid, um, cause I wasn't supported like I used to be. Um, so I just decided to quit. I mean, you know, I could have been quit, but I just decided to quit at that point in time. And it mm. actually was better. I did go all in on myself. So, mm. so when you did quit, Knowing everything you know now, do you think you were ready to quit? Um, at that time, me personally, yes, I was. Well, no, I actually wasn't because if we're talking personally, like how I felt, no, I, I did not want to quit because I personally didn't want the change. I didn't know what was going to happen. I was just scared. Financially, I was ready because I did have money saved. That was just me personally. But in reality, I just want to say this, you're never going to be ready for anything, mm. for anything. So you can sit, I can sit here and say, oh, yeah, you know, I was ready to quit or I felt prepared. You're never truly going to be prepared. Like mm. mentally, you, you may not be prepared because you're just, you're going to be afraid. Like what is going to happen? And I'm going to, am I going to make this work? Um, so you're never going to feel prepared. It's not until you quit and then you get into something new and you realize it's working or, um, you know, you're making money again or whatever. Then yeah. You feel, you feel good about it. Yeah. I've heard a lot of entrepreneurs talk about, there is no other option. Like it's either going to work or, or it's, or it's going to work. So have you ever kind of uh, felt that way? Yeah. Um, my plan B was to make my plan A work. Mm. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you ever heard that. Yeah. Was, but, it's true. Um, I that was the mindset I had to get into that if I am quitting, that I have to make this work. Um, and in reality, I can make it work because guess what? Everyone else is making it work for them. Why am I? Why would I quit? Um, so yeah, it was super important for me to when I was quitting that I just go all in on what I was doing at the time. Yeah. Mm. What do you think is actually required? for a person to go all in on their business, even aside from finances? Well, 
first and foremost, you have to have the mindset of being your own boss. Now, that sounds like kind of crazy, like, oh, you know, be your own boss, everyone talks about it. But no, I mean literally be your own boss, meaning scheduling your time accordingly, um, prioritizing your day. Like, I had a really rough patch when I when I quit, mainly because I just, like, there would be days where I'm like, wait a second, what should I do? Because you have so many options now. You can go to lunch when you want. You can do the happy hour. You can do, you literally can do whatever you want. But you have, to, you have to tell yourself, well, listen, you know, I am becoming my own boss, but I still have to prioritize myself because I'm an employee, as I said. Um, so you have to be working, you know, at least midday or midnight till midnight, whatever. You have to prioritize your time. I think that's something you got to put in your head. Like, if I'm going to quit, I need to make sure that I'm making good use of my time. Mm. And, t- and talk to me too about time as well, how, how valuable um, and how you treat your time. Yeah, yeah. So, oh my gosh, like that was one of the key factors too for me quitting because I'm like, I just felt like for my whole first, you know, 25 years of my life, it was just school, 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 work, 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 school, you know. And when you really do the calculation, if I'm at work for eight hours a day, I got to travel for at least an hour each. I mean, travel and prepare an hour each. That's 10 hours a day going. 14 hours I'm supposed to do work on my side hustle and do other things. It just was not feasible for me. And like for me, my time is so important that I do hire out a lot of different things. Like for example, with the wholesaling, I do not, I do, I don't do the cold calling at work. I don't, you know, download the list to send to the cold callers. I don't do that stuff, mainly because I paid for that. I took the money, the profits that I made from wholesaling and real estate in general and paid other people, and now now I'm paying other people to do it. Um, So I'm willing to spend, I'm willing to hire out. I'm actually hiring right now um, for another role in my company. But um, I'm willing to hire the VAs. I'm willing to hire people to do other things because my time is just so valuable. Okay, yes, I'm not some major CEO. I'm not Jeff Bezos. But, you know, I literally have, there's certain things that I have to do. And I saw something on Instagram. Um, someone said you can't do $10 an hour tasks. And that's that's true. I really can't focus on tasks that will take up my day and I'm just, literally didn't really do anything it's busy work um so the things that i focus on is actually speaking to the homeowners speaking to the buyers speaking to the title companies um well actually i have a va that that does the title company part and some of the buyers part but still actually working on things that will generate the most money you know yeah um, and and generate the most success out of the business yeah and so as you continue to scale um, did you wait until you were, um, I guess, great at doing each of those individual steps, or did you just say, you know what, let's 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 hire out as soon as we can? No, I did not wait until I was super great. <laughs> I know a lot of people say that I've I've seen videos. Oh, you don't need a VA, or um, you need to do it yourself a whole lot. You need to be an expert before you. Now, I don't want to say I was an expert. I have to be honest. I hated 
cold calling. I hated it. I hated calling people and saying, do you want to sell your house? Oh my gosh, I just hated it. It's not that I didn't do it. I did do it. I did it for for months at a point in time. Sent out text messages. I, You know, I did that. But at the same time, um, at the same time, I was not, I didn't have to be some super ninja expert. Right, you know? right. They were literally, the tasks are basic tasks. Ask these questions, you know, build some level of rapport and take down information. So um, you don't have to be a master, in my opinion, you don't have to be a master at the task. You can hire out when you're ready, just as long as you have the proper training material. Do you want to do it yourself? Of course, you want to do it yourself. You want to try yourself. You want to get feedback from knowing how to do it because you want to be able to tell the person, hey, you know, I know sometimes a person will curse you out. This is what you do in this scenario. So you do want to get that. But do you have to keep doing it? No, you don't. You know what it is, right? For example, even with the um, with the marketing aspect, you mm. know, me finding the list of properties and things like that. I know how to do it, you know, but do I have to spend all day doing it? No, I don't have to be a master expert in finding the list of properties. I know what to do, and I just tell someone else to do it. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's super simple. Yeah, it's super simple. Like, you don't, like, when people, for example, if people are starting YouTube, yes, you know, eventually you want to hire an editor, but you're going to edit your videos a little bit, but eventually it's going to look a little crappy, so you're, you're going to hire an editor. Hire out, right. Time, you know, to make things possible. So hiring out is super important um i don't think there's like an age limit um as to when you do it because you know some sometimes and and the other thing is what people don't realize sometimes people just can't do it like like for example let's say back to the youtube thing someone wants to start a youtube and they literally have to edit their own videos and things like that but they're just not that computer savvy let's be real some people are just not that computer savvy um they're going to have to hire out early on. Um, so I think hiring out is the best of your, best thing that you can do. You can try to learn it, do it a little bit, um, but hiring out is, is the best thing you could do for yourself and your business too. Yep. And you actually could lose money if you don't hire out sooner enough. Mm-hmm. You could lose a lot of money being cheap. I think someone said yes. it, it's expensive being cheap or something like that. And yes. like, you know, you can lose a lot of money. You know, and, you know, yes, it costs too much. It, it costs to be cheap. There you go. That, yeah. that, that might have been it. Um, yeah. So I, I should have asked this question earlier, and, for, and forgive me for not, but um, how have you been? And the reason yeah. why I ask it that way, no, for real. And the reason why I yeah. ask that, because, you know, it, it, it's been some time since being on, on yeah. social media. So what kind of, you know, things have you been up to over your, your, your time away from, um, you know, social? Yeah, so... Um... I've been pretty well um, just taking things like day by day. I've actually like been traveling a lot, um, you know, doing things like that. Still working on properties with my business partner. Um, But I actually took it a little, like 2021 was a little slow for me in terms of me. Like I was more so reinventing myself, you know, taking vacations, which some people might say, oh, don't take a vacation. That's it. I was taking vacations. I was um, working on my business, trying to fine tune my business, 
hiring, firing, um, just a lot of different things. Tapping into a new real estate market um, in Ohio. I, I definitely tapped into a new wholesale um, market there. Um, and, you know, it's it's been pretty good. My only struggle right now is I'm just trying to hire other people for other things in my business. And I'm just having a hard time hiring people to do that but yeah this year has been trying to fine-tune my business that's what this year yeah. has been I also people don't know I also have an e-commerce business with my girlfriend people don't know um this is a business that is completely faceless it has my face is not attached I I don't say who you know I'm the owner of it but it, it is a it is a brand it has a really large following um but yeah, working on that and, and, and just working on the real estate, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Well, again, like I said, I, I had to ask. Um, yeah, thank I, you. I, no doubt, no doubt. And I think that's just proof that like you don't always have to be on social media. Like, you don't always have to, yeah. you know, you, you got to get your, your life and your mental and your business right and at any cost. Um, yeah, and the problem too, I went into this hibernation mode as, as, we yeah. said, as my last piece said is because um, with Twitter specifically, there's there's a lot of stimulation. There's a lot of, oh my gosh, you know, I just closed this deal or oh my gosh. You get it to this point where you feel like, damn, like I ain't doing enough. You know what I mean? And it kind of makes you a little depressed. Yeah. Right? Because you're like, you see some person say, I'm 27 years old with a real estate portfolio of 100 million. And you're like, oh my gosh. Hey. So, <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah. So you're like, I'm like, but you know, in reality, you have to center yourself and, and, and realize like everybody has their own path and things like that. But I was experiencing it. I was experiencing a lot of, oh my gosh, I'm just not doing enough, mm-hmm. enough. Um, and just a lot of drama. It was a lot of drama on there too, not including me, but yeah, but just in general. Yeah, it was a lot of drama and catty stuff. So I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna separate myself for a little bit, just take a little break. Um, and for me personally, too, I'm, I'm going to say this part, um, you know, some of my tweets would go viral and like I would have like the biggest trolls like I would. Oh, my gosh. Like, I don't know. I I mean, my followers, a lot of my followers, they know, but I would just have trolls out of trolls mm. saying this and you're gentrifying and you're. Oh, my gosh. It was so bad. Um, so that was and that was like one of my. 2020 was like one of my biggest years of like the most trolls ever <laughs> so I kind of I wanted to get away from that I was yeah, yeah. I, feel, I feel like I, I think I saw a tweet it was, it was uh, that went viral it might have been yours where it was just a simple like you know ten thousand dollars in a in a year yes twenty seven dollars in a day and it wasn't like a reaction thing it wasn't like an opinion like it was yeah. literally it was basic math yeah like it was literally <laughs> mm-hmm. basic math and no. then, like, black right, Twitter right. just went crazy. Black, yeah. you know, black Twitter, they go crazy. And I'm like, oh, I'm on vacation. I'm, like, in Cancun. I'm living my life. And my girlfriend's like, oh, my gosh, your tweet is going crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Not this again. Because I had it with, I post um, one of my flips. I post one of my properties. And, oh, my gosh. It, it, it's crazy. But you know what? I learned that. Um, there's just always going to be trolls. Mm. There's always going to be trolls. There's always going to be haters. There's always going to be somebody that really doesn't even know what, you know, what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, Cause the problem is too, like, for example, 
you know, people talk about gentrification, people talk about free housing for all, people, you know, landlords are leeches and things like that, but, I mean, they're kids, (laughs) they're like, they're living at their mom's house, don't even know what it's like to own a property, and saying, oh my gosh, landlords are leeches, (laughs) you know, they don't, they, they don't know, you know, rent should be free, and, you know, and the other thing, too, is when, once you get out of your head that, like, at the end of the day, yes, the system is rigged and blah, blah, blah. Once you get out of your head that it is what it is and you just, you know, it's yeah. like, what, what, you know, what? You either, what are you gonna... yeah, you either play the game or watch it on the sideline, but the game is going to yeah. happen. Like, that's, yeah, that's just what it is. You can complain about it all day long, but it ain't like that's going to stop the system from exactly. being what it is. And there's, you know, there's always two sides to every coin. Like, I, I feel like the only people that really complain about it are the ones that, aren't in the position to really profit off of it. Exactly. That's, to me, that's really what it comes down to. Um, So, but I mean, you did mention the tweet um, and it was just two words. I mean, not the viral one, but it was just two words. So the last tweet you sent out to my knowledge um, was hibernation mode, right? Right. And ever ever since then you went, you know, in hibernation. But the thing is about that tweet is the date. So that was on November 29th, 2020, which ironically enough. Oh, wow. I did not know he, that. I told, yeah, I told you I do my homework. So ironically good, enough, that's like a year to this date of when you sent that out. So the question that I have for you, since that tweet was sent from your account, right, and it's been 365, how do you think you've developed and grown as a person and as a business owner? Damn, that was a good question. <laughs> Damn, I'm sorry. Okay. You know. That was, yeah. good question, though. that was like, bam, bam, bam. You yeah. hit me on all sides. That was really good. Um, especially if it's a closing question, that's mm-hmm. awesome. But anyway, um, I really think I've definitely grown um, as a business owner from where I was before. Um, I definitely had a hard time in the beginning, like being my own boss, figuring out what to do, um, really being proactive. You know, when you're an employee, you're really just reactive. You're just reacting to everything that happens to you. When you're a business owner, you have to be proactive. So you have to literally, like, get up and do the things that you need to do. Um, So just being more proactive um, and being a better business owner first, um, that's important. Um, And just learning how to manage money in general, too, because now, you know, I'm on my own. I have to pay for my own insurance. I have to pay for employees. Um, so it's, it's different. Um, but I definitely grown since then. Um, it, it's, I definitely did go into hibernation mode, like, you know, grinding it out, um, doing my self care, things like that. Um, so yeah, I, I did not know that was the date. That's so crazy. There you go. Yeah. Right. It's crazy. 11, 29, mm-hmm. 2020. Yeah. Um, but so, um, going off that, the final question that I have for you, uh, mm-hmm. this is a question that I've asked everyone on Defining Legacy, um, mm-hmm. and that question is, how do you want to be remembered? That's a good question. Um, I just want to be remembered for um, several things, for having an impact on um, on people's lives, meaning, for example, like young kids um, donating to their education, like really philanthropy mm-hmm. um, and just being an overall good person. That's kind of how I would, I would love to be remembered as, as being that person that 
always helped, always, you know, gave, always did good things, you know, being a down to earth person, that's how I would want to be remembered. Mm. Like I want my, you know, I want my names on schools, like, oh my gosh, yeah. you don't need it. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's the level I'm trying to get to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's thinking. Mm-hmm. That's, that's... Yeah, like, you know, people have their names on schools, man. Yeah. People yeah. don't think about that. I think about that all the time, like HBCUs or whatever. I'm like, you know, certain people, I'm like, if I was super duper rich, I would literally be donating to some kind of school that, you know, needs it yeah. and having my name, <laughs> put yeah, my yeah, last yeah. name, this yeah. hall, you know, I want to be named after a hall, so. Yeah. That's how I that's that's fire. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah. I think I saw like a viral video of like someone, I think it was a preacher talking about last names and a lot of companies are built off last names. You're not building a right. you're not buying a product or whatever. You're built you're buying a family name. And so that's kind of cool to think about. Um yeah. you know, so um but definitely, you know, appreciate you for being on the show. If you could, if you don't mind, damn usually I ask people to, you know, drop their social media. Um, but I mean if you want to, by all means, I know, you know. You still, I believe, in, in the middle of a, of a hiatus. But feel free, you know, if you want to drop, you know, your social <laughs> no, media. No, 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 yeah. They can follow me. I am Mill Estate on um, Twitter and Instagram. Um, I'll be back active on Twitter, um, definitely, especially since you just asked me that. Now I got yeah. to get back on Great. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I'll definitely promote the podcast once I get back on Twitter, mm-hmm. and I'll promote the podcast on my Instagram, too. So Appreciate awesome. it. Appreciate this is really, really good, and I really do wish you nothing but success. Thank you, thank you. So if you could, I don't know if you said it, and if you did, I apologize. Did you say the, the at name? Yeah, I am Millicent. Okay, mm-hmm. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. M-I-L-L-E-S-T-E-A-T-E. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Um, are there any uh, final words that you want to leave our lovely Defiant Legacy audience with? Um, you know, just stay true to yourself. Um, and just don't let those haters, those trolls get you down, man. <laughs> <laughs> Fact, Twitter, you know, it, it can be good and bad. You know, I think there's a lot yeah. of value on Twitter, but also, too, don't let it, you know, affect that, you. That stuff can discourage you. You know, you're yeah. giving out content and things like that and discourage you. So, of course. you know, don't let things, or just people in your life, don't let them discourage you from what you want to do. So, fact, good fact. luck to everybody. Fact, fact. Sad but true. Um, again, y'all appreciate y'all for tuning in another episode of Find Legacy. Go subscribe. YouTube, Apple, Spotify. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everywhere. Everywhere to Find Legacy. Um, again, feel free to check out the store. Um, link in the description of this episode. And just like that, we go. Peace, y'all.